excuse me, Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. We're going to begin in verse 13 and read verse 14 as well. Chapter 7, verse 13 and 14 in the book of Matthew there. It's good to have you with us today. Again, yesterday was a big day around here. Had a number of teenagers. You had the insert, of course, and we were excited about what God did. And just uh, to see so many youth groups and young people uh, in our pews. And uh, yesterday, you'd have thought this was uh, um, like the start of the Ryder Cup or something. Uh, Some of you know what I'm talking about if you're racing fans. uh, I mean, there were tires all along the walls. There were uh, displays. There were, I mean, the whole place was transformed. You, You wouldn't even recognize it. Um, from last night. So just a, an amazing, um, amazing event last night, yesterday afternoon, I should say. What a great time we had. And the Lord supernaturally opened up the sky and just put a little bit of a, you know, <clears throat> I don't know, sunshine there. It was awesome. It was just amazing. You know, the way it started off in the morning and then through the early morning hours and even into the late afternoon, late morning, you thought, man, you're done. You guys are, your, your goose is cooked, so to speak. But out there on that parking lot, there were almost four, 400 people or more running around, having a good time, no rain. And so we were very grateful as the Lord provided for us some great weather yesterday. And again, he didn't, he didn't owe it to us, but he certainly blessed us with it. <clears throat> All right, Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 13, we read, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. The Lord Jesus Christ goes up into a mountain, and then he begins to teach his disciples. He begins to share with them important truths and information that ultimately will reflect positively on their Christian life. We call it often the Sermon on the Mount. And this is one of those passages that is contained within the Sermon of the Mount. And here in chapter 7, the Lord Jesus Christ speaks. And he opens his mouth to all of those on that mountain. And there he, his voice echoes down through that mountain as he says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate. And broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. The words echoing off the mountainside and rushing down the hills that the people line up to hear him. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. I was coming back from South Carolina after visiting my friend, a friend that I'd met in the army, a good buddy there. And we had roomed together a number of years, both in Germany and then uh, he was stationed at the same place I was in Lawton, Oklahoma. Uh, Fort Sill. And so, although we didn't room together at Fort Sill, we still were on the same base. So we kept in touch. We did things together. I'd gone to his house on leave a few times, met his family, had a good time with him and his family. I was traveling up Route I-77 North, and I'd just started through the mountains of West Virginia when a a snowstorm hit. You know how that is there. Maybe some of you have done that. I could tell by the sigh. The snow kind of rushed down and just covered everything like a thick blanket. It didn't take hardly any time at all. And it was just a whiteout. I mean a whiteout. And I could hardly see past my windshield. I don't think I 
probably did more than 20, 25 miles an hour at the most. There wasn't hardly anyone on the road, if anybody. I mean, I was looking around. I didn't see a whole lot of people. And, I mean, it was just unbelievable. The car was slipping and sliding underneath me. And I was sitting on pins and needles. I was a nervous wreck. You may have been there a few times. After a while, the snow kind of started to settle down a little bit. But the snow had already done its damage. I mean, there was thick snow on that Route 77 going through those mountains. And uh, there was, uh, I, I, you, you, you were hard-pressed to find a, a salt truck or a plow truck anywhere. And again, I was making my way back home to Ohio, up to Akron area. And I was excited about getting home. I, I don't really like to drive that awfully much. I'll do it if I have to. I've, I've gotten a little more used to it lately. But uh, it's, it's not something that I relish or like that awfully much. And so as I was making my way down that road, the only good thing I had in my favor was that I, I had traveled that road a number of times. I used to sing in a group, uh, and we traveled around the northeastern part of the United States. And so we'd, go up down, we'd often go down south even into West Virginia, maybe even into Virginia, and sing and do things like that. And so I had kind of gone through there a number of times, kind of knew the twists, the turns. And at that time, the turnpike wasn't really, uh, hadn't been around that awfully long. And uh, so I had that going for me. But even that would evaporate very quickly as I saw a, a state highway patrolman with some flares sitting there uh, in the highway and uh, blocking the road. And they were routing everybody off I-77. And I thought to myself, what in the world am I going to do? I'm not a country boy. I mean, this is like the heart of West Virginia. I mean, what in the world am I, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I didn't know what, I thought, this is crazy. How are you talking about, I'm going to get off the highway? It's not like highways up here. I mean, you get off that place, man, there's not entrances and exits every couple of miles. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you got to understand that the West Virginia Turnpike, before it was completed, I mean, folks that would travel uh, through that state would take those narrow country roads up and down those mountainsides. They'd go through little towns and through hollers and all kind of things till they reached civilization. <laughs> so I, I was a little nervous. I was all upset about that, and I... I got off that main road. I had to get off. I mean, there was no choice, really. And I, I made my way down through some of those little roads. And, I mean, the snow was still thick, but we were tra- I was traveling 15, 20, 25 miles an hour. It was two hours before I got back on the main highway. I had no idea. There was no GPS or no maps. I wasn't planning on getting off the highway. Two hours later, I made my way back on the highway. Yeah, that's what the passage is talking about a little bit. It's two different routes. I was on the main road. I felt pretty good there. But I had to get off. And you know, the truth is, if I would have never got off, who knows how long I'd have been sitting there. I may have never got home. You want to know something? The truth is today, is that if you don't exit the main highway, you're never going to get home to heaven. This morning, I just want to share a simple message I've entitled, Will You Just Follow the Crowd? Will You Just Follow the Crowd? So let's pray, and then we'll continue. Father, we come to you. Lord, it is our privilege to be here. Lord, thank you for that beautiful sunshine out there. We're grateful people, Lord. Today are gathered folks, Father, that want to hear from heaven. Lord, I know that they're cordial and they're kind, and Lord, they're 
they're going to listen to me. But Lord, that's not really why they're here. They want to hear from you. And I'm begging you to speak. Father, may I be your mouthpiece today. May you stand in my shoes and give to me a holy unction. As the words go forth, Father, may the Spirit of God drive home these simple truths. Lord, may we all be different for having come today, both saved, lost. May each person, no matter where they're at in their life, find what they need today to get through. Lord, we love you. Thank you for being God, our God. And thank you, Father, for allowing us to be here today. May we honor you now as we listen. Well, thank you in Christ's name. Amen. So today, I want to share with you a simple message. Will you just follow the crowd? I want to share some Bible examples of this passage, I guess. I mean, the way has always been narrow and traveling uh, and, and very sparsely traveled. You know, sometimes we get the idea that, and again, I understand that the world has kind of passed a message along that says everybody's God's family, everybody's God's child, everybody's good to go. And we get the idea that as long as we're not too awfully bad, we're going to make it to heaven. I mean, as long as you don't murder somebody, right? As long as you don't, you know, go out and, and do something really bad like steal millions of dollars. I mean, so who cares about a few pencils or pens from work and who cares about all that? I mean, as long as you don't really do something bad. So we've kind of gotten that idea or that perspective if we're not careful. And I want to give you a few examples because the Bible says that there are two roads. There's the broad way and there's the narrow way. And so... As I look at some examples in Scripture, I realize that throughout history, it seems that there's always been just a few along the right road. It seems that there's always more going the wrong way than going the right way. And that's why the Lord Jesus stated in that Sermon on the Mount that there are two roads and, and that realistically there's more people on this road than there are on that road and yet you better get off this road if you want to get on the right road and it gets complicated but yet it's extremely simple, isn't it? I think of Noah and the ark. Do you realize that I, some have estimated some have estimated that there were 50 million people alive at that time. Now, I can't say that. I wasn't there. So I have no idea of knowing, and neither do you. And honestly, they don't either. They'll even admit that if they're not too arrogant. They don't know for sure. But what we do know is that because life does tend, uh, or a population does tend to double every 156 years, and we, we see those kind of statistics, and in those days, it was even populating even faster because God had intended that it did so at that point. There was a number of people on earth when in the day of Noah. Okay, let's just say, for instance, that there was only 20 million. Not 50. Oh, okay, let's even get a little more, maybe 10 million, maybe 5 million. Okay, let's drop it down to even 1 million. Let's say there were only 1 million people on earth during the time of Noah's ark. Do you realize that when that rain started and when that ark went to floating, there were only 8 people that were saved alive? Eight people who had yet to rebuke God, to, to rebel against God, to, um, to turn their heart from God. Only eight people out of a million that had 
separated themselves unto the Lord. That's amazing. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and narrow, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Eight people found life in Noah's day. Think about Sodom and Gomorrah. In Sodom and Gomorrah, I mean, God had grown rather weary of the sin of that city and he had a couple of angels and himself that went down and spoke to Abraham. There they made Abraham and they began to share with him what they were going to do and they believed, the Lord believed he could trust Abraham with that information and he shared that information. He said, oh my, oh my, what are you going to do? You're going to destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah? Man, I've got family down there. Lot, of course, was down there along with his family, and they were relatives of Abraham. And Abraham says, whoa, 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 if you could, if there's just 50 righteous in the entire city, just 50 righteous in the entire place, would you spare them? I said, yeah, I'll do it. Abraham thought, well, that was pretty easy. Wow, I'm sitting here talking to God, and he actually did what I asked. I'll tell you what, Lord, uh, I'm not trying to be pushy or anything, but do you think, do you just think for 45, if there were only 45, would you, for the five's sake, would you, would you do that? Would you spare the city? Yeah, I'll do that. He's feeling really good. Man, I mean to tell you, he decides, you know, okay, I don't want to be pushy. I'm not trying to take advantage of you, Lord. But what if there were only 40 righteous? I mean, okay, that's a big city, 40. I mean, you're asking for 50. Let's just cover my bed a little bit. Let's make it 40. Okay. How about 30? How how about 20? Before it was over with, Abraham got the Lord down to 10. If there's only 10 righteous in the entire city, if there's only 10 that'll recognize and and exalt me and magnify me, I'll save the city alive. I'll save all of them. If there's only 10 righteous. Before it was over with, we know that the angels that went down into the city literally had to grab the hands of Lot and his family and whisk them out of the city. Had to, I don't know if they had to drag them or what, but they took their hands. I don't know why they had to take their hands. I'd have been way out front. But for whatever reason, I go, come on now, let's go. Come on, boys, come on, let's go, come on, come on. It seems to me that there may have been some hesitation even. Four. And one looked back even. Isn't that amazing? Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. I think of those spies that went into the land. Of course, they're going to go into the land to spy it out and to, to, to confirm what God had already said. God had told them, I'm going to give you this promised land, Israel. It's all yours for the taking. You just have to go in and occupy it. So they sent some spies in to do a little recon work. Recon means they went ahead of things to kind of check out, to, to discover what they could, to see what, where the strength lied and where, where the weaknesses were and those kind of things. And it really wasn't their job really to, to tell them whether they could or couldn't enter the land. It was their job to just to report what they saw. But it didn't matter. 
Because when they arrived back, you know how it worked. The ten spies said, man, that's a lush place. It's a wonderful place. I mean to tell you, those grapes are so big, man. I mean, if you'd, you could feed on one grape, it'd be enough, man. It's awesome. You'd have never seen nothing like it in your life. But they got giants in the land. And we're like grasshoppers in their sight. I mean to tell you, we're never going to be able to defeat those guys. They're unbelievable. They're, they've got all kind of walled cities and they've got all kind of armament and they're men of war and we're nothing. Hmm. Before it was over with, Joshua and Caleb stood against the whole congregation of Israel. Only two. Two out of a nation was willing to follow God. Only two were willing to obey God. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. What about those 120 in the upper room? I mean, Jesus had ascended and left orders to wait in Jerusalem for the empowering and filling of the Holy Ghost. Remember, Jesus had said, I'm going to go away. And they said, oh, don't go away, Jesus. We need you here. He said, but if I don't go away, the comforter cannot come. That didn't bring them comfort. But after he had left, they were waiting on the comforter. There in an upper room, 120, 120 of the house of Israel gathered together to pray and to meet with God. And to wait for the promised one. 120. 120 of an entire nation waited on the Lord. John chapter 1 verse 11 says, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Enter ye in at the straight gate, For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. We see some examples, but let me give you an explanation. Why is that the case? I mean, why is it that the broad road is so popular? Why are so many deceived and headed to destruction? Why, after all that Christ has done, after His death, His burial, His resurrection, and His invitation, why is it that so many are rushing into hell? I'll give you three reasons. Three. (laughs) Three reasons. It's after dealing with all them teenagers yesterday. It's rubbing off. Especially the seventh graders. No, am I not allowed to say that? Those teenagers are giving me the glaring eye. The, what's that, what did they call what that guy called yesterday? He called the, I felt like the, the lantern. What was that? The, the creepy lantern guy. I felt a few of those creepy lantern looks there. Yeah, the guy talked about the creepy lantern guy. But anyway, who cares? All right, <clears throat> let me give you some ex- an explanation then why that's the case. First of all, The Broadway is comfortable. It's comfortable. I mean, the broad road is is the road that we start out on. 
We start out on it. I mean, you know, um, it's the only road we really know. I mean, we're comfortable with that road, and we travel it most often. We start off on that route. Normally, it's the um, it, normally it, it seems best to take a familiar road anyway, right? If it's familiar, you know, you like it. You're comfortable on it. I, you know, I go the same way to work every single day. If you wanted to take me out, wouldn't be any problem. You'd know exactly what I'm doing. I, I'm, I'm a man or a, ha- a person of, of ha- I'm a creature of habit. And I go the exact same way every day to work. Every day. Now, there's another way I could go. At least one other way. I'm sure there's a number of ways I could go. But I'm comfortable with traveling right up 619, right down Route 91, head right on into the parking lot. That's just how I do it. Every day. I'm comfortable doing that. I know exactly what I'm going to run into. I know if there's going to be any traffic. I realize if there's going to be any stops. I know that right up around the corner on Route 619, there's a school, and come school time, they got a 20-mile-an-hour sign there. I catch it every time I'm slowing down. Don't you hate school zones? <laughs> I didn't say, do you hate being safe for kids? I'm saying, don't you just hate school zones? They drive you crazy. Well, they drive me crazy. Maybe not you, but anyway... <laughs> There's never any kids out. You ever notice that? When's the last time you saw a kid cross the street to go to school? And they all get dropped off in buses, but we still go 20 miles an hour. Okay. So, okay, whatever. I'm okay with it. It's the law. I do what the law says. Try to. The Broadway is comfortable. Number two, the Broadway is convenient. It's convenient. You know, you can move faster on a broad road than a narrow one. Seems that way. Now, I know back in the country where there's nobody ever there, you might be able to fly down that road. But usually, you get on a highway, you can do 65 and you do it legally. Legally. That's the operative word here. The thought is that you can get further faster, right? See, you're going nowhere fast, though, on the Broadway. Years ago, I I love Cedar Point. Now, some of you like it, some of you don't. You say, I hate rides. Well, then you don't like Cedar Point, probably. But I I like rides. Now, as a whole, I do pretty good on rides, or at least I have. As I get a little older, I notice I'm not quite as stable stomach-wise. But I used to be really good with that, and I liked it. Now, I'm going to tell you something, and this may sound kind of crazy, but one of my favorite rides at Cedar Point is the merry-go-round. Oh, no, no joke now. Hold on now before you start laughing. Because I know if you go to any other little park or something, you know, the merry-go-round's like, you know, like slow. No, no, at Cedar Point, they got this one that's like racing horses. You ever been on that one? Most of you haven't. You're probably too scared. But anyway, it's kind of like the horse noses forward, then it moves back, and it moves forward, it moves back. I know you didn't know I had those kind of moves, did you? But I just, I love that. And I get on there, man. And I mean, you know, we start to race each other with kids. We'd do that. And then as I got a little older, I didn't get to go to Cedar Point all the time. But even older now, even now, I want to get on that thing. It's cool. But you know what? I find this every time. It doesn't matter how many times I ride that ride. When it stops... I get off at the same place I started. 
I'm moving around. I mean, we're flying, making great time, but getting nowhere. And you want to know something? That's how the Broadway is. Oh, I mean, I know, and I realize that it's extremely convenient, but when you get off of it, you're going to find you don't have gotten, you've gotten nowhere. You're just traveling around. You're in this rat race in life, and when you get off, it's still there. Nothing changes. And ultimately leads to destruction. See, the Broadway's comfortable. It's convenient. That's why it's so popular. And lastly, it's common. It's just common. Again, it's commonly traveled. Again, everybody is, everybody's using the Broadway, the Broad Road. Everybody does, at least, at least to start. I mean, everybody can't be wrong, right? There's a sense of safety when you travel a popular highway. I don't like to get off the beaten path. Just like I told you earlier about getting off that uh, uh, Route 77 north, uh, going through West Virginia. I don't like getting off there because what if I break down? You know, it bothers me, the thought of breaking down somewhere on some country road and worrying about some chainsaw massacre dude running around chasing me. I don't know about you, but have you ever been stuck? I mean, ever broke down on a country road? I mean, I don't care if you see lights in houses or not. You worry about going up to them. And what are you going to run into? Who are you going to meet? I know they're usually pretty good folk, but you don't know. Not out there. Scary. Now, they're probably better people than most people are. I don't misunderstand me, but your mindset is, I don't want to get off the main road. At least if I break down on the main road, there'll be a number of people going by. And even if somebody stops to help me, I can stand back a little bit and like, kind of like make sure everybody's looking at me. So in case they do something to me, I'm flying. You're like, hey, what? <laughs> Safety. It's a common way. Everybody's doing it, so to speak. But it's a common way. Feel just, I just feel safer. And I think often we get on that broad road, we're born onto it, and as a result of that, it's, it's normal for us. I mean, we feel very comfortable with it. We're, it's convenient, and it's a common road, and we travel it, and we don't think anything of it. We just know everybody else is on it, so it must be all right. Well, we've talked about some examples. We noted the explanation, but let me just share the escape real quick. Again, the Bible says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. I believe there are three basic words that somewhat explain this passage, or help us to understand it, and to escape it. Number one is direction. The word direction. Your direction... Whether you understand this or not is already determined. The moment you're birthed, you have direction. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans chapter 5 verse 12, Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. So death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Immediately, the Bible goes right to, to the heart of the matter. That your heart, my heart is dark with sin. We begin as sinners in this life. 
Don't misunderstand. A child is not responsible for their sin until they're of the age of accountability, and that age may differ in everyone's life. So God's not going to hold someone accountable for sin that they're unable to address and deal with logically and, um, and, and understandably. But once we understand what sin is, and once we know there's right and there's wrong, and once we realize that there are things that are good and some that are bad, God requires and demands that we begin to, to, to recognize that and then to do something about it. He says, you've already started off on this road. You're already a sinner by, uh, by virtue of your father or your, your uh, predecessor, Adam. And by the way, whether you agree or understand this again, it doesn't matter. But every last one of us are from Adam. Amen. Red, yellow, black, and white, they are precious in his sight. You might as well get used to it. We're all in the same boat. Amen. And the truth is, is that we're all the children of Adam, really. And we start off. On the road that Adam traveled. So the direction already is already determined. You know, you know what? Well, listen to this one. In John 3.16, you know the verse well, but let's read a few other verses. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Hold on, he goes on to say this though. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. What? Condemned already for what? Not believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. You're already condemned. You're born with a death sentence. You begin on a broad road. It's the broad way. And it ends where? Destruction. That is life. That is reality. That is Bible. Now we can go ahead and dismiss it and we can say that's foolishness. That doesn't make any sense at all. God in heaven would never allow that to happen. It doesn't matter what you think or what I think. All that matters is what God says. And the Lord Jesus Christ himself on that mount that day said, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. The majority go that road, that route, and end up at that destination. Direction. Direction. Number two is decision. Everyone in life, every human being, has to make a decision or a choice. Broadway or narrow way. Say, I've chosen not to make a decision. Well, before you do that, remember something. You're already on the Broadway, though. So if you don't make a decision, if you don't choose, the choice has already been made. You're already on that road. Your choice really is, am I going to remain on the road, or am I going to get off the road? Because that road that I start off on, and that road that I'm presently traveling, is headed to destruction. Everyone has to make a choice. Are you going to continue on the broad road or the narrow road? Joshua chapter 24 verse 15, talking to the Israelites, said, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose ye this day who, whom ye will serve. Choose ye this day. Choose you this day whom 
ye will serve. In Joel chapter 3, verse 14, the Bible says, Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. There's decisions to make. Everybody makes their own decisions. See, there are some things that are your opinion. There are some things that are God's word. You don't dismiss this as opinion without dismissing God as God. You don't say, well, that's just not how it is. You read it. It's his word. What's he say? Go ahead. Dismiss it if you like. Say that it doesn't make sense. Say that there's no way it works that way. Everybody can't be wrong. To say that everybody else is right is to say that God is wrong. Do you understand what we just said there? If everyone else is right, then, then that means that God's word is wrong and he's wrong. That's a dangerous place to live your life. When you're saying God's wrong about things. God, the Lord Jesus Christ said, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. The majority of people then are on the, we're all starting off on that road. And the majority of people will end up on that road. And sadly enough, their destination will be destruction. Because that's our last word, or our last word of the three. We say, once again, we have direction, decision, and then destination. That's all there is to it. The decision determines your destination. What will you choose? Broad, destruction, narrow, life. Now, I want to just, just, as simple as we can... I'm going to grab this cross over here. It's amazing how light it is in my hands, isn't it? (laughs) Let's see if we can get this to work. There we go. All right. All right. Can I have you six and you? Come on up here. Seven of you right there. Yeah, come on up. You can leave your jacket on, sweetheart. That's fine. All right, here they are. Stop right there, please. Come on over. You can all just stand kind of in a group. Just in a group. You can all come on up here. You can cover up people. <laughs> Everybody's, like, nervous. They're all wanting to get in the back. Okay, here they are. Now look at this group here. You see the group? There they are. The bottom line is this. Everybody starts off on the Broadway. Everybody does. Everyone. It doesn't matter what color you are, what gender you are. It doesn't matter what nationality you are. Everyone starts off on the same road. The broad way. All right? Now, can you turn? Are you already there? Let me look at it. Let me read it. Matthew chapter 7. It says here in verse 13, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Here they all are. If we could put the word destruction on that wall, it'd be fitting. There it is. If they continue in the route they're going, they're going to walk right into destruction. That means hell in the Bible, okay? It's simple. But the Bible does go on and says, and say this. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. So, 
all we have here is a perfect illustration of it. All of these are moving together. Here they come in life. Hundreds and thousands and millions behind them even. Hold on, stop. They're going to come to a place, at least those here today, where they come face to face with the cross of Jesus Christ. The bottom line is that they may be comfortable in this road. It may be convenient. It may be commonplace. But it doesn't change the fact that it leads them to destruction or hell. They may be very comfortable, mind you, but that's not, what the, that's not going to help them in the end. In the end, the Bible says that they're going to have to make a choice now. They can choose to continue to travel on the broad road, which leads to destruction, or they can choose at the cross of Christ to get off onto the narrow road. See this road here? It's very narrow compared to that road. They've got a choice to make. Will I choose to travel the narrow road, or will I stay on the broad road? Biblically, those are the only decisions that you have to make in life to determine where you spend eternity. She has to come face to face with her God and her heart. Delilah has to ask herself, do I want to stay on this broad road? It's comfortable, it's convenient, it's commonplace. My friends are all here. Everything seems good. It may seem good, it may not. It depends on your life now, obviously. I'll explain something to you in just a minute that may help with that. But here she is. You make the choice. Which road are you going to travel? The broad road that leads to destruction, or are you going to choose the narrow road? It's up to you. What are you going to choose? She's taking the narrow road. Here's what the sad part is. Because only few find it, that means the majority don't. The rest of these will probably end up going that way. There they go. Go ahead, Delilah. Stop. Everyone stop. That is exactly what's going on in our world today. The devil is trying to convince every single one of these that are born into the, the human race that the broad road really doesn't lead to destruction, that it is comfortable and convenient, and that it is profitable for them and their families, and that to get off on this narrow road is a little bit fanatical. It's a little bit over the top. It's not needful, nor is it necessary they're just a bunch of fanatics. There's only one road that leads to life, and it's the narrow road, and few there be that find it. The rest go headlong into hell. Thank you, ladies. Thank you very much. Now let me show you something else real quick as we close. What, what do you call this? Hello. What, what do you call it? Megaphone. A megaphone. I just want to make sure before I said it and look dumb. <laughs> I thought that's what it was. I really did. I did think that. But I was afraid. Every megaphone I looked up on the internet was like... <laughs> this one's like... Oh. This is like those ones used the, the, the cheerleaders use. You know, they're like... Give me an A! Yeah, you know what I mean. Now, I want to try to help you with this real quick, and I'm just going to show you something. We talked about that, that road. The, we, we have the broad road, or broad way, and the narrow way, right? Now, here's how it works. The broad way, here it is. You'll see it. You start off, it's extremely broad. 
Say it leads to destruction. That's right. Here's what happens in your life. You start off on this road. It's extremely wide. You have all the room you want. feels pretty good. There's really few consequences for sin, and things are moving rather slowly. You know how it is in life when you're young. It's no big deal. Time doesn't seem to move too quickly. Broad. Broadway. But you'll notice that the further along you get, the more narrow it becomes. That's how the broad road works. See, downstairs we have uh, air conditioning units that sit outside and they feed the basement and then there's another one that feeds you upstairs. Do you realize that what you do in order to get pressure on your air is that you make, you start off with real big, real large ductwork. And then you start to bring it down in increments. And what that does is it squeezes more air into smaller space and makes it rush faster to that area. Well, guess what? That's how the Broadway works. You start off, you're all on the broad road. We're all starting off there. And as you begin to travel the Broadway, it begins to become slightly more narrow. What happens is life begins to move quicker and quicker and quicker. Before you know it, just like a funnel, you come crashing through right into hell. See, you get to a place in your life where you're moving so quickly, you're so consumed with the road you're traveling, you're so caught up in what's going on in life around you that you honestly don't even have time to look for the narrow road. You begin to pass it up so quickly when opportunity comes because you just, a quick glance, oh, was, that, was that an exit? I didn't see that one. See, early on in your life, you think about it. You dwell on it. You're concerned about it earlier. And, and as young people, we get you in this auditorium and we preach the gospel to you and we tell you about Jesus and heaven and hell and your heart is convicted. You're on the broad road, yes, but you're not moving quite as fast as you will when you turn 40, 50, 60, and 70. You won't be so caught up. You're not caught up in life yet. It's not so big around you. Oh, it's, it's still tempting and it's still got a grip on your life, but nothing like it will once you have your children and once you have your family and once you have that job that you can't give up no matter what. I mean to tell you, it gets smaller and smaller and you move faster and faster toward destruction. You, you know what is neat about this? That narrow road goes the opposite way. Actually, I should have went this way, huh? It goes the opposite way. You start off in the narrow road. Do you know what it does? It widens out. Because you know where it leads? Eternal life. Amen. Life doesn't become so complicated. The more you grow in Christ, the more things seem to come into focus. God's good. Amen. And man, life just opens up for you. I'm not saying you won't have trouble and you won't have trials and things won't be difficult, but as you yield your life and as you give yourself, your family and your time, your effort, your finances, as you give Christ at all and you make Him your life, it's amazing how that narrow road begins to open up and you as a person blossom and your family grows and life begins to really take shape. And you know what? You enter glory with peace. It just grows and gets broader. So the broad road gets narrow. The narrow road gets broader. You make a decision today.
What road will you travel? You come, to the, you come face to face with the cross of Jesus Christ. He died, was buried, and rose again to pay for your sin. You decide whether you will remain on the broad road that leads to destruction or whether you will get off onto the narrow road that leads to life. That's a decision you make. It has to be a conscious decision. It's not a group decision. It's an individual decision. It's one that everybody makes by themselves between them and God alone. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. This morning you make a decision whether you'll leave here on the broad road or the narrow one. Go ahead and put all your Bibles away. Go ahead and prepare to to leave. Then I'm going to finish out. I'm even going to close my Bible. You make a decision when you come face to face with Calvary. When you finally see Jesus hung on that cross, buried and rose again, and you understand this simple truth, you make the decision. Here's the thing, though. Maybe you've already made that decision and you're on the narrow road. May I remind you that the majority of your friends, family, neighbors, and others are yet to find the narrow road. They're still on that road to destruction. It's not enough for you to escape. It's not enough to make your choice as a believer to get on that road. It's pretty selfish to think that there are so many others on that broad road that you have influence and can impact, and yet you choose to disregard them. What will you do with all those that are on that road that you might be able to motivate to get off, to encourage to step off that road, to say, here's Jesus, let me open up an exit for you. I know that broad road's traveling and your life's really kind of fixed and things are moving pretty quick, but slow down a minute. Slow down and think about Jesus. Remember the cross and remember the resurrection and understand that He alone can forgive your sin and save you. Wherever there's a cross, there's an exit. Who will you help to find? Who will you help find an exit for? Lost today, you're on that road. Get off that road and on to this narrow road. And that's Jesus. If you're saved and you're already there, who are you going to help get off this broad road before they end up in destruction? Father, we come to you. We thank you, Lord, for the time that we've had today in this place. We ask, Lord, you'd bless us. Two basic decisions that we've shared today or that we've promoted and offered to people. One, if they're on that broad road, they need to get on the narrow. Will they choose the narrow road? And then secondly, Lord, if we're on that narrow road, who are we going to bring with us? Who are we going to share the cross with to open an, open an exit off that broad road?
that leads on to that narrow road? Who are we going to help escape that destruction? Father, may you be with us. With every head bowed, let me just quickly ask. I'd say, preacher, honestly, I don't, I'm not saved. I, I've never gotten off that road. I've never made a conscious decision to step off under the narrow way. I've never invited Jesus Christ into my life as my Savior. I've never settled that issue to my knowledge. And as far as I know, I'm still on that broad road, and I need to exit and get on the narrow today. I'd sure like to know how to get that settled and know for sure it's handled today. That's me, preacher. I don't have it settled, but I'd sure like to know anybody like that with an uplifted hand that I could pray for you. I'll pray for you. I don't have it settled. I don't know. Please pray for me, preacher. I don't have that one settled. I'm still probably more than likely on that broad road. I've not made a decision, a conscious one, to get off and get on the narrow. I'll pray for you. Anyone like that? You're a child of God. You're already on the narrow road. Who are you going to share the cross with in order to open an exit for a family member, friend, or neighbor? Who are you going to help get off that broad road and onto the narrow? Right now, God, put a, heart, a name on your heart, a person on your mind, maybe. Would you be willing to come to an altar and bring them to that and say, Lord, with your help, I'm going to do what I can to invite them out. Maybe even on the 23rd to get them nailed down to be here in the service even on the 23rd of this month so that they can hear the gospel. They, too, can get off that broad road that leads to destruction on the narrow road that leads to life everlasting. Father, help us, Lord, in these next few minutes with this simple invitation. Be glorified, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet, every head bowed, every eye closed. As the music begins to play, won't you come? I don't know for sure if I died, I'd go to heaven. I can't say for sure that I've gotten off that broad road, that broad way. If you would talk to me face to face and ask that question, when did you get off the broad road and onto the narrow road? I, I honestly, preacher, could not tell you that I know for sure when that was. I don't remember a day, a time, a place. I don't even have a, I can't say for sure that that took place. Let me tell you, don't leave here without knowing. Listen, every day you live rejecting Christ, it makes it harder to get off the road. It becomes more difficult. Do you realize that they claim that almost 80% of people are saved before their like 24th birthday? 80% of people that come to Christ are saved before their 24th birthday. That, that just proves that things get faster, that we move quicker toward destruction. Don't, don't allow that to happen today. You have a tremendous opportunity today to settle an issue that will affect you for eternity. And not only that, but it may save your children's lives down the road, their families. Because if you don't get saved, they probably won't. And if they don't, they'll perish along with you. You say, that's, that's not really fair. No, that is exactly how it is. Do you know if you smoke cigarettes, your kids are more likely to smoke cigarettes? Do you know if you drink, your kids are more likely to drink? Do you, do you realize that they follow, really do follow in our footsteps? Well, I don't want to have my children follow me right into hell. I don't want to be responsible for their eternal torment. I don't want to have to endure the sound of their cries for eternity. 
can go ahead and pretend that it's not real and you can say it doesn't happen, but what you're saying is, is that God's wrong and you're right. Listen, God's never wrong. We may not always like to hear what he has to say, and it may not always sit well with us, but he's not wrong. And I don't want, I don't want you to miss heaven. I don't want you to miss it. Because today there is an exit being extended to you. You just need to get off. I wish I could be like those state troopers. I wish I could force you off that road to destruction. I wish I could tell you that the road's closed ahead. Get off on the narrow road. I can't do what they did to me that day in West Virginia. But I can beg you, plead with you, get saved today. Forsake your life, trust Christ, get saved. Get on that narrow road, please. so glad you could be a part of the service today. Thank God for having you, and we're just certainly grateful for the beautiful day he's given us. Again, tonight, 6 o'clock. Don't forget, we are back at 6, and you know what? Let me just, can I just say it as simple as I can? Christians, go to church at 6 in the evening on Sunday nights. You ought to just be here. We're inviting you out. Come on out and be a part of it. It ought to be a place you want to be, just to be filled with the Spirit and to let the Word of God work in your life. Man, that choir will be full of the night, and we'll have a great time this evening. And I think I'm going to talk tonight about three strikes that will strike you out in life and in your spiritual life. I'll tell you what, three pitches that will do that. Three pitches. I'll share those with you tonight. You come, we'll have a good time around the Word of God tonight, all right? Well, anyway, let's go ahead and dismiss an order of prayer. And since I'm not tall enough to pray behind this cross... I'm going to have Mr. Jordan come on up and close us today. He might be. I don't know. I look kind of funny, you know. But my brother. God bless you. Again, we love you. Appreciate you. Thanks again for everything you did yesterday, all your prayers. Again, things turned out so wonderfully. And we thank you. Don't forget about the 23rd. Line some people up. Get those calls in. Let's get that board filled up and that board filled up. 100 lined up for the 23rd. It's going to take some work. We can do it together. Our Father and God in heaven, we thank you for hearing from your throne this morning, Lord. Lord, help us all to choose that narrow road which uh, leads to eternal life, eternal happiness, eternal security in the hands of a loving Savior. Father, we ask that you would bless the flock now as they go home to their homes. Give them traveling mercies. And give them the will to return tonight, Lord, that we might hear the word of God once again. Give you the honor and glory for all things. In Christ's name we ask it. Amen.